Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Ballard Jr. I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And just to let you know, last week was a big week in the Ballard household with my two oldest kids. Uh, my daughter, my oldest daughter, she got her very first job. She is going to be working at Starbucks, which I'm excited about because I love me a good caramel macchiato. <laughs> but she is excited about that. And, and I'm just really proud of her because she applied to 15 different places, calling places, calling to talk to managers. I mean, she, she, she's been working it. And I think a couple of weeks ago, I talked about her having a job interview at Coffee Bean and her learning the mission statement of Coffee Bean and just how impressed they were with her. But I guess they lost out on the better end of the deal because Starbucks snatched her up. (laughs) And, And they are going to be so blessed by the presence of my daughter because she is such a hard worker. So I'm so excited for her. And then also... My oldest son got his driver's license. That's right. He got his driver's license. So he's excited. You know, one of the benefits of that, you know, because your kids love to drive is yesterday I came to work and started doing some things. And I realized I left my laptop at home. Well, guess who brought it to me? That's right. My son. Just looking for another excuse to drive. So, (laughs) But an exciting time for him. Freedom for him. And it's, it's interesting. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, you have those kind of conversations where, you know, you want your kids to grow up and you want your kids to develop. But again, there's also the part of you that feels like it's happening too fast. Like, I, I want it to happen, but I want it to happen a little more slowly <laughs> so that I can really take time out to just embrace this moment that I can have with my kids. But it is, it's going by too fast and Let's take a moment and relish every opportunity that we have to be with our family. Because again, things change so quickly. They change so quickly. And with that in mind, speaking of family, talking about us being family and family with God, God being our our dad. You know, we're in the middle of a series that we've been doing called Becoming. And really, here's what we're looking at is going through that process of becoming the best version of ourselves. Notice is not arriving, because I think we're always in a process of growth and development, but it's, it's becoming. And how do I get to that place where I am able to be the best version of me that I can be? And so this Sunday, here's, here's what we looked at is The core value of our church is loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. If you've been listening to our podcast for any amount of time, you know that I always sum it up with love up, loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, love out, loving our neighbor, love in as ourselves. So that's found in Mark chapter 12, verse 30 and 31. And so this Sunday, here's what we talked about. We talked about loving ourselves. And, and what does that look like? And, and how do I be able to love others? 
And, and here's the thing that I, that I found. I, I don't know about you, but for myself on the journey of my life, I, I would say that one of the most difficult people that I have felt to love is me. And I, I would say that for a majority of my life, I didn't love myself, or at least I thought I didn't love myself. But as I was preparing for this message on Sunday, I just started thinking about what, what does it mean to love yourself? What does it mean to love yourself? And what does it look like to love yourself? And then when I begin to dive into it, one of the things that really stood out to me is typically when we think about loving ourselves, we think about feeling good about ourselves. That's what we really think. And, and the better that I feel about myself, the more that I love myself, the more that I have positive feelings about myself, the more that I love myself. But when you begin to dig into the scriptures, and, and some of this is going to be a rehash of Sunday, but, but for those of you who may not have had the opportunity to be able to be there, I think this is so important for us to understand. That when you look at the Bible and you look at what the Bible says about love, love is always connected with action more than it is connected with emotion. We'll go to the classic verse, right? John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he felt really good about it. <laughs> no, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So what did God do? His love spurred action. And then in John chapter 14, again, that's where Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. And so there, there is that connection. There's a correlation between love and action. So it is very possible then to love something or love someone and not necessarily have positive feelings about it or them in the moment. Matter of fact, the Bible says that God loved us so much that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still enemies of God, he died for us. So when you look at it from that perspective, do you ever feel good about your enemy? No, but, but there's something about us where God looks beyond what he may feel about us to see who he has created us to be to see who we are designed to be, to see beyond our brokenness, to see beyond our struggles, to see beyond our sin, to see the capacity that exists within us. And so as a result of that, that he is willing to give himself and give his son for us so that every single one of us can have this opportunity to believe in him and be able to be connected with him. That's powerful if you think about it. It's really powerful. But I, I, I say all that to say this then, that it is very possible then for you to love yourself but not feel like you love yourself. So then what does that look like? And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I, I dove into this a little bit more on Sunday. But what are the signs that we love ourselves? And I said, one of them is focus, is that we focus on ourselves. And again, as I say these things, I'm not necessarily saying they're, they're, they're bad or good, or good or bad. I'm, I'm not saying either one. I'm just saying that's just how it is, is that we focus on ourselves. 
And that's just a natural thing for us to do. What does it mean for me to focus on myself? It, it means that I'm looking at myself. I'm looking at my desires. I'm looking at my longings. I'm looking at my needs. And again, not necessarily saying that's a bad thing, but that's just kind of our focus. The other thing is we are passionate about ourselves. And, and what do I mean by that is that if we have to defend the case for ourselves, then we will do so. If we have to protect ourselves, then we will do so. There is a passion to make sure that we are doing okay. And then we're also motivated for ourselves. We're motivated for ourselves. I'm motivated to work out because I want to be a better version of myself. I'm motivated to try to read the scriptures because I do want to connect with God, but I also want to be a better version of myself for the sake of my wife and my kids, for the sake of my church. I want to be a better version of myself. But again, I, I'm motivated for myself to grow and be the best me. I'm, like I said before, with all of these things, I'm not saying they're either good or bad. They're just, it's just how they are. And then again, we're also looking out for the benefit of ourselves. Why do you choose to marry the person that you marry? It's because you feel like by uniting yourself with that person that they're going to bring some kind of benefit into your life. Why do you choose the job that you've chosen? You choose it because this job in some way, form or fashion is bringing benefit to you. Even if you hate the job, there's still some benefit and maybe that benefit is just a paycheck, <laughs> you know, but, but there's still something that you get from that job that is a benefit from it. You choose a church that you choose. Why? Because there's a benefit. Like there's something that you gain from being a part of the church that you choose to be a part of. So as I said before, in all of those things, I'm not saying that they're good or bad. I'm not assigning any positive or negative things to them. I'm just saying that they are what they are. So with that in mind, focus, motivation, benefit, passion, all of those things say that you love yourself. They say that you love yourself because the focus is on yourself. The actions that you take are for yourself. The benefits that you take are for yourself. Now you could do all of those things and not feel good about yourself and not feel good about yourself. So when the scriptures say, love your neighbor as yourself, what would it look like if you were to take focus, motivation, benefit, and passion, and look at how can you take those and focus on your neighbor and love your neighbor the way that you love yourself? But with that in mind then, again, the question is, well, Ken, what do I do to feel good about me? And I want to encourage you, if you haven't had a chance to watch it, go back and watch the replay of the service on Sunday. I will tell you that there is a little bit of a sound issue because I made a mistake in something that I chose and it, it compromised the sound. But the message is still there. The message can still be heard and it is still uplifting and it's still encouraging. I just chose the camera mic as opposed to the, to the sound system mic. That was the mistake that I made. So you get a lot of ambient sound in the background. But other than that, you can be able to watch it and you can be able to hear it. But I want to encourage you to go back and watch that because I talk about what are some things that you could do to feel good about yourself. Looking at and being able to see yourself, and that's really the key, is being able to learn how to see yourself as God sees you. But what I wanted to do this afternoon, this morning, this evening, whenever it is that you're listening, is I wanted to dive into some other things that may hinder the way that we feel about ourselves, and how to be able to turn those things around. And how to be able to turn those things around. What if there was something, and let me ask you this question. What if there was something in your child's life that as a result of it, 
it damaged the way that they saw themselves. Let me ask that again. What if there was something in your child's life that as a result of it, when they were exposed to it or when they saw it, it damaged the way that they view themselves? Wouldn't you want to get it out of their lives? Wouldn't you want it to be removed from, removed from their lives? Wouldn't you want to try to find a way for them to be able to overcome it? There's a story of a guy named Isaiah. And Isaiah is given this incredible vision. And in this vision, he sees God on the temple. He, I'm sorry, he sees God on the throne. And as he sees God on the throne, he sees these angels in front of God. And the angels are worshiping God, adoring God, and they're celebrating him. And so then when Isaiah sees this, it says this in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5. Then I said, it's all over. I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among a people of filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's army. Then in verse 6 it says, Then one of the seraphim, which is a type of angel, then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. I think one of the struggles that we have is when you read through the Bible and the Bible calls us sinners. And let me tell you this, that the reason why God does that is not to shame us. That's not his goal. But it's not like God, nah, 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 you are so messed up. No, that's not God's goal. Here's what God's goal is. God knows that your sin, your struggle, my sin, my struggle. You know, I'm just going to be honest with you. That there have been things in my life that I've struggled with. Particularly at one time, an addictive behavior that I struggled with. And I can tell you now, it affected how I viewed me. There were times where I wondered, why would someone love me because I'm so messed up? There were times where I wondered, God, why would you die for me? I'm not worthy. I'm not. Look at, look at me, God. Look at how screwed up I am. There were times where I thought, I, I don't have the capacity to do great things with my life. Look at how messed up I am. That's what sin does. And that's why God hates it. He sees the way that it robs you. He sees the way that it takes away from the capacity of who you could be. He sees the way that it distracts you. He sees the way, again, and most importantly, the way that sin distorts you. And so the result of that then becomes like, God, wh what can you do through me, this messed up Jack? What can you do through me? And again, what, what God says is, I see something so much greater than that. 
And that is why I went to the cross for you. Because I see the full capacity of what you could do, of who you could be. I see that. I see beyond your sin. I see beyond your brokenness. And there was a reason why Isaiah was allowed to be there that day. Because then it, it goes on to say, then I heard the Lord asking, whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And I said, here I am. Send me. Here I am. Send me. God, I'll go. I'll go. But do you understand the reason why Isaiah was so confident in being able to go? He was confident because he had just been restored. He had just been forgiven. He had just been cleansed of his sin. And so he saw himself in a different light. I think if this question would have been asked before he had been forgiven, I think he probably would have asked, yeah, Lord, that's a good question. Who will you send? <laughs> Who will go for you? Not me. I'm filthy. I live amongst the people who are filthy. Why me? And how many of us have done that? How many of us have minimized the capacity of who we could be? How many of us have minimized our gifts, our talents, our abilities? How many of us have minimized just our ability to be able to connect with God and have intimacy with him? Why? Because of sin and what it does. So if you want to change the way that you feel about you, is begin to look at what God thinks about you. He does not see you in the capacity of your sin. He sees you through the window of his forgiveness. He doesn't see your failure. He sees your covering. And what are you covered by? You are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ that blood that was shed for your forgiveness, for your renewal. So when the Father looks at you, if you have chosen to believe in him, when he looks at you, he sees his son because his son is alive in you. So it's my prayer that you will begin to embrace that and that you'll begin to recognize, like, wow, God, when you call me a sinner, it's not that you're trying to shame me. But you know what? You're just trying to help me to identify that there are things in my life that are destructive. There are things in my life that will, that will ruin the way that I see me and the way that I see my capacity and the way that I see who I could be. I think that there's something else in our lives that really hinder us from being able to see ourselves and feel good about ourselves and have positive feelings that may be associated with love for ourselves. In, in Mark chapter 5, it tells a story of this woman. And it says in chapter 5, verse 25, a woman in the crowd has suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. 
She had suffered a great deal from many doctors over the years. She had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Now, when you dig into this, it's called a woman with an issue of blood. And they believe that it was a woman who was stuck in her menstrual cycle. Like there's, there was something that happened with her menstrual cycle. And, and back in biblical times, just because of the, the fear of transferring illnesses through blood and those kind of things, if a woman was in, on her menstrual cycle, they would ask her not to come to the, they would ask her not to come uh, to the synagogue and those kind of things. And you know, and the reason why, it, because it's, it was different back then. It's not like they had the feminine products that we do right now that will help you to be able to stay clean and to protect yourself. They didn't have that back then. So it was just a way for them to try to be able to protect everyone else. But it's one of those things where if your cycle doesn't end, man, you can never go to the synagogue. And, and here's the thing too. And, and one of the things that's so important that, that I love about Jesus is Jesus wrecked people's view of God and it needed to be wrecked. And, and what I mean by that is, here's what people would do, is people would see a woman like that and they would say, you must have done something wrong. You must have messed up somewhere. And now you are cursed by God. And as a matter of fact, then because of that, she would be considered unclean, cursed by God, probably not allowed to be a part of community. And people would separate themselves from her, all because of their warped view of who God is. But I, I think that that view may have affected her in some ways as well. I mean, just think about it. If you hear the same tape over and over and over and over again, at, at what point do you begin to believe it? At, at what point does it begin to become rooted in your system and who you are and how it is that you think? And so it, it goes on to say, she heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, just like that, immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. She had been healed of her terrible condition, physically. But I don't think she was healed of the condition of judgment for years and years and years. The conditions that her circumstances had begun to tell her who she was. And this idea of being cursed by God because that's what people thought back at that time. It says in verse 30, Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out for him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? Verse 32, but he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then, here's, here's the powerful part, part. Then the frightened woman why was she frightened? Because here's the truth. Because of the issue of blood that she had, she was not supposed to make physical contact with people. 
She wasn't. And I think maybe she thought, you know what? I don't, want to, I don't want him to have to worry about touching me, and I won't touch him. I will just touch the hem of his robe. I'll just touch a part of his garment. That's all I need to do. So in touching that, I won't be touching him. And then, boom, she's healed. And I think she's healed because of her faith. But, boom, she's healed. She's healed. And, and then, now she's frightened because... Oh, no. I thought I could just touch his garment and be done. Oh, no. Now he knows. And I'm going to have to stand before all these people and be judged. Because God has already cursed me, and now I've broken this, this commandment that I knew I shouldn't have, but I wanted to be healed. That was so important to me. And now he knows. And now everybody else is going to know. And I'm going to be judged that much more. So it says... Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her. Now think about that. She was so, she had been so beaten up by life that now she has an opportunity to be healed when she should be celebrating. She's trembling. Again, why? Because she thought she was cursed and everyone else had probably judged her. So she came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. So she told him her story, not knowing what to expect. And here's what Jesus does. And this, again, is how he blows up our picture of God and who God is. And it says, and he said to her, daughter, not woman, not girl, daughter. You know, so it's saying daughter, you know what he's done? is he has connected intimately with her in her heart. He has restored her. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. And I think the suffering wasn't just the physical suffering. I think it was her emotional suffering and her mental suffering. How many of us have been through circumstances in life where those circumstances tell you, you have no worth, you have no value, you have no meaning, you have no significance, you have nothing. How many of us have been through that? And so I think that that's a danger too. One of the reasons why we don't feel good about ourselves is because our life experiences have taught us not to. Matter of fact, maybe even taught us worse. That I look into the mirror and I hate what it is that I see. And I hate what it is that I see. But maybe in understanding this forgiveness, not only of sin, but also I want you to see the depths that God looks at the circumstances of your life and what your life has taught you. And he wants you to understand that in giving my life for you, I give you value. I give you meaning. I give you significance. I give you all of those elements so that now because of what it is that I have done, you can be confident in who you are. And you can begin to feel good about you. 
Now, this is really, really important for you to understand. There's this thing called confirmation bias, and it's the way that your brain works. And so basically, here's what happens, is if you have confirmation bias, that you are a loser, that you have no worth, that you have no meaning, that you have nothing to contribute, if you have confirmation bias in those ways, then what will happen is in your life, you will begin, you, what happened is your brain has been trained to recognize that as well. So every time something happens in your life, you will take it to confirm what it is that you already think. Confirmation bias. So this is why it's so important for us to begin to change the way that we think. And it's very interesting. As you dig through the scriptures, you will see over and over and over and over and over again, God challenging us to really work on changing the way that we think. Why? Because now if I look at myself and I see myself as forgiven and I see myself as whole and I see myself as renewed and I see myself as gifted, and like Isaiah, I see myself with something to offer that will make this world better because of what Jesus has done in me. Wow. Wow. I mean, just imagine that. And so then what happens is you will begin to look at your circumstances differently. Same circumstance, just different mindset. Same circumstances, but different mindsets where you will be able to see yourself as God sees you. And then you will recognize my life doesn't define me. God does. My sin doesn't define me. God does. And then your mind will begin to look at life and things and situations differently. And more importantly, your mind will begin to think about you and look at you differently. So I really do, I, I really do hope that this helps you to learn very simply how to love yourself. Again, thank you so much for being a part of this journey and allowing me to be on this journey with you. And I pray that this really has been an encouragement to you. Well, just to remind you, we have began to do in-person services once again. I know with COVID, we have to wear masks inside now, but I just want to encourage you. Hey, come on out. We'd love to see you as a part of the service so that you can be uplifted and encouraged. And this week, here's what we're going to be looking at. What is a win? Like in this process of becoming, I need to look at some, some marking points that help me to be able to understand. How, am I, how do I know that I'm winning? How do I know that I'm becoming better? How do I know? So we're gonna look at that this week. So hopefully you'll be able to come out and join us and be a part of that as well. Well, thank you so much again for allowing us to be on this journey with you. And as we said before, encounters about three things. I'm not going to go into too much detail because we covered it in the podcast. But love up, let's fall madly and passionately in love with God. Love out, 
Let's take steps to love our neighbor, love our fellow man, and love in. Let's learn to grow and love ourselves and see ourselves through his eyes. And not only love ourselves through action, but love ourselves because we love what it is that we see. We'll take care. God bless you. And we'll see you once again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way, when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way, when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us, and we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.